Fly fast clouds up in the clouds. And he's reached peak Fergie already. Peak Fergie. Nine seconds in and he's reached peak Fergie. Welcome to Weird Shit. Hey, welcome to Weird Shit. I'm your host, Jesse. I'm your other host, Logan. He's your other host. Hostess with the mostest. No. My name you can't take away from me by suggesting you're the hostess with the most. No, I wouldn't dream. No. That's why we work. Yeah, we're pretty good. You don't dream. I don't dream. Both figures. So dream bagel, go home, and well, dream bagel, dream bagel, and go home. And I tell you what, I've been dreaming bagel. It's it's not a um. It's it's not a threat. It's a mantra. <laughs> dream bagel. Dream bagel. Dream bagel. And go, go home. home. So, did you watch anything in the last since we? Yeah, how depressing would it be if I said no? Because you know this is a, a podcast where we talk about movies. Um, no, yeah, is I watched Annabelle. The first one or the, the new one? The new one that came out. Did you see the first one first? I did see the first one first. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, it's like um, scare edging. Is the the best way to I put it last night when I was trying to describe what the fuck this movie's about. It's just like, hey, you want to get a scare? <gasps> Tension, tension, tension. Somebody's looking under the stairs. They, oh. they find a secret door. They find a, a room. The lights seem weird, but Lights. nothing happens. Okay, cool. And then 15 minutes later, finally, you get a jump scare. Then yeah, it does. It then it repeats for two hours or an hour and a half. Um, yeah. But I was going to say, I feel like that premise couldn't last more than the 90-minute um, stage. Well, when you, So everything moves so slowly like they do in those movies with no one talking and looking sad and being quiet. Is it? Because it's loosely connected to the guy that did um, Conjuring in that, am I right? It's extremely connected to all of those. It's all in the same universe. Yeah, but it, he has no creative input, does he? It's just the studio slaps his name on it. I don't know anymore. I don't think so. I would have to Google it. Because um, I—that's what this felt like. You know how all the pre, like pre Avengers movies in yep. the Marvel universe were like, basically fodder to prepare you for the crossover potential of all of these things yeah that's all this movie was it was like hey there's a nun who's taking care of all these orphans in this annabelle movie oh what's this photo you've got here nun is this you of your nun friends back in nunland yeah it's my nuns oh who's that nun in the corner oh i've never seen her before oh it's the nun from the conjuring too oh my god and then they don't address it for the rest of the movie um really yeah Oh, that's lazy. Mm. Um, it is not hard to write mm. good ideas mm. and on the cheap. I think we, at this point, can almost say we've proved that. And it, and it ties directly into the like how it ends is exactly as where it jumps forward. You know how in the first Annabelle movie, it was like what, Manson murders, whatever it was at the start, where the, that couple next door had uh, the yeah. um, old people die because I get I get them mixed up with season one of American Horror Story because yeah. they're the exact same this thing. movie ends with that scene of her running into the bedroom with like that Charles Manson looking motherfucker and killing those, oh, those right. people in bed because that girl who did that yep um, was the and we recovered from yeah, back. whatever happened quick there. sing me in with some more Fergie so I know where I'm going glamorous oh flowers flowers is that, is that flossy flossy I never quite understood look it up while I talk. 
but yeah, that um, we just we just had some technical difficulties and yeah, the TV the TV done broke. <laughs> To this day, when Chrome offers to restore tabs, I'm like, did I have porno? <laughs> oh my god. I don't think we're ready for that after 20 years of friendship. No. Um, yeah, so that... We haven't known each other no, we 20 haven't. Years. Shh. Barely 10. I've known you 20. Barely 10? More no, than dude, 10. we're like 27, 28. We've known each other since, like, what? 14? Yeah. It's been 14 years, man. Oh my god. Half my goddamn life. Fuck! Holy oh, shit! Shit! Uh, yeah. Well, the first fourteen years we've accomplished nothing. <laughs> Some might say we failed because of each other. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, wow, well, that got dark. Um, yeah, Annabelle chick from the original movie was like murder, 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 murder. Uh, that's the kid from this movie in the prequel. Prequel. That is a prequel of a prequel. Um, and she gets possessed by the demon and disappears and they're like oh this one girl is gone she's no longer around okay everyone moves on with their life but no she snuck away and found another orphanage and then gets adopted and then 16 years later kills those people and then dies herself and then her soul goes into the doll again because she's the devil thing we're first first class open the sky that was on the end credits actually this time it was quite good and it will change for the like clever to the point. Oh, flousy, flousy! It does is flousy, 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 It got to the point in this movie where it was like two thirds of the way through, and I'm like, "Wait, is it gonna do this thing where it's like, oh my god, it isn't the thing that we think is the thing that's kill- haunted this thing that what? was a prequel for this thing? It's actually a new third thing that's been in this house the whole time. That's not the thing we thought it was. Let's, you know, we can't stop it now because we do- it was too late. We don't know that this thing was even a thing." It's the ha- been the house the whole time. Boom. And then they can do a prequel about that thing. I thought they were just going to go completely just inside themselves at that point. But they didn't. They had a really good opportunity to just say, hey, remember this horror story that you didn't know the backstory to? Annabelle? Well, here's the backstory. Oh, by the way, its backstory wasn't really about it. It was something else, even deeper. So it's and really then a solid <laughs> five all over again. <laughs> yeah. You know the one where the bad guy from the old game's it's where you learn how he became evil but he didn't become evil because not him it's some other guy thanks Kojima that is not good storytelling I mean that that is a great piece of storytelling yeah but that is not good storytelling <laughs> oh, like what that's not David Hader anymore remember no like what Kiefer I don't know, I was just doing the 24 thing. I don't know how to do it. I'm going to dramatically take my glasses off and then put them back on. I am the designated survivor. I like that show. <laughs> it was really good until it got really like ER at the end of every episode where there was like some new indie band song playing over it and everyone just looking longingly across the events of the past 40 years. For our lives to be over. The, the only show that I really like. And how many that, episodes did that the FBI agent spend in that tent where, yeah. where the thing got blown up? He was like, there a long time. Like, the fuck? Yeah. My favourite um, you know, show that like ends with a sort of a, a musical interlude kind of pulls in and like overtakes it and then the show fades out. Roswell? The Killing. The Kiling? The Kiling. Is that the one with uh, Kevin Bacon? No. Okay. Well, what? 
There's, Kevin. A, there's a Kevin Bacon show with, called The Something. The Following. That's what I thought you were talking about. The Killing. Who's in that? Let's see. Hold on. I want to see if I can... You're looking up another Fergie song, aren't you? If I'm So it'll, it'll just like while the final scene's going it'll just start playing this and a c- kind of like backwards way of the way the, the, the cool opening scene of The Walking Dead you know it's wrapping up when it goes for the first like five seconds yeah and it always um, gets to that point where you realise oh shit this episode's over that's a depressing way to end yeah. it damn It was um, one of few shows at the time I could take the actual watching it week to week. And feeling the same, getting to the same beats and the same rhythms by the end of the episode. I'm yeah. like, I'm ready for the next one. Yeah, because I, I watched all the way through season one and then like the start of season two as quickly as I could because mm. it was old by that point. And then you get to season two and you go, oh no, I've caught up. There's nothing worse than catching up. I remember back when I watched anime, I watched Bleach. You could never catch up, but you did catch up, didn't you? I that show. Yeah. No self-respecting person who's not horribly depressed should be allowed to catch up with that show. The the length that it had been at that point, but you managed to. Yeah, I did. Uh, I caught up. What was that? Like two hundred and. It can't be that many episodes. Um, it was more than that, wasn't it? I feel like it was like two seventy. Bleach. Oh god, this bleak tastes terrible. Walking along. Holy shit. Yeah. You've got so much to catch up on. No, no, I've seen all this. Oh god. It stopped in twenty twelve. Did it? Yeah, no, I watched it in Japanese. Um Alright, I've seen 366 episodes mm-hmm. of that show. That seems more... Fuck. And what is it about anime making movies that are based in the plot, but they never take place anywhere in particular in the plot? Yeah, I don't know. Like... Is it the fear of ostracizing outsiders? Because anime is already pretty fucking up its own ass. You don't really need to... I really don't see the point of them. Caught a new audience it, in this. Is it fan service? Is it anti-fan service? What is it? I don't... They're almost all fan service because there's no... Or is it just is it a Japanese storytelling method where they're like, hey, let's just randomly take these characters out of the setting that you're used to, the canon, and give them a, a singular adventure just to just to show you that they can be in a singular adventure. I feel I like know. that's more of a Japanese thing. Than it's it always like anime lets, um Because they'll have the, you know, especially with the... Was it Shonen? Mm. Yeah. They'll have the... Um, yeah, there's always the try to fight a thing. Get your ass kicked. Power through it power up gain some new power gain some new friends and then beat the bad guy mm. and in the movie they do that in the space of an hour and a half and then get to the end of the movie and it's let's never speak of this again well in the in the in the movies it's more like we've already got all the friends we've already got all the struggle here's just like a bad guy here's an hour and a half of fight scenes yeah that's true so in that way it probably is fan service there's no character building You're you eating a ginger? Yeah, you eating a ginger nut? Yes, I am. Okay, that's cool. 
Oh, well, I've got nothing to add at this point. How can I hag? How can I keep? You never had anything to add. <laughs> hey. Fuck you. Hey. <coughs> so at least now we've got to establish a dialogue. <laughs> I'm <joking. laughs> Yeah, but you took it like a champ. <laughs> wow. Wachowski. Wachowski. What's the deal with that? How, they've got their boy bits and other lady bits? Yeah. Is that what you actually mean? Yeah. Um, no, I mean Cloud Atlas. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're going to have to ask Halle Berry. Um, <laughs> Let him inside touch. But, but Where's our Paul Schaefer drum thing? Um, yeah, I don't know what was up with it, but like one did it and then the other one did it. Yeah, I mean, maybe twins have twins. unified minds. Yeah. But no, I really do mean who, who fucking let them make Cloud Atlas. Oh, right. Um well, the people who let them make Cloud Atlas thing went, hey, you, you guys should be allowed to also make Jupiter Ascending. All oh, right, They got to do that twice. It wasn't Cloud Atlas that ruined them. It was Jupiter Ascending. Cloud Atlas split people. Some people loved it. Some people hated it because it was an adaptation of a book. So a lot of people oh. were like, wow, that was an amazing effort that you managed to adapt that source material. We weren't happy with some of the things that you chose to do, like putting white actors in Asian face because of their Asian ancestors. But you did it. Um, yeah, and then they did awkward. Jupiter Ascending were like we have no point of reference for whatever the fuck this is so we just hate it I like Jupiter Ascending for the, the one fact that it managed to build an entire universe galaxy political system everything and worlds and all of that everything culture in an hour and a half it was a really short movie to be able to do that yeah, yeah no I, I, I fully agree with you on that I quite like it but it's but it was a garbage movie. It was just like if they were just allowed to design what the rules of the world were and what things looked like, that'd be cool. And then just let somebody else do everything else. The story. Yeah. Or um, just like dog. Where's man? the producer that reigns that shit in? Yeah. Just fucking. Uh, am I having a second rant episode? Oh, it is. Yeah, I think this entire podcast series is this one long rant. Yeah, we, we, we try to keep it positive with them making up our own ideas and shit. Oh, we'll get to that, but we'll make it but, up. Yeah, we're only like 15 minutes into the bloody thing. Give us a give us a rant. Yeah. What, do you, what do you got? What, What's on it, your mind? Yeah, what fucking dog men? What was that shit? Like skateboarding dog men. Yeah, yeah. He was Poochie from The Simpsons. He was He was Poochie. All I was thinking of was um, Spaceballs, John Candy. <laughs> <laughs> I've just got that same shot of him. Spacebooks is a... Spacebooks. Spacebooks. Space boobs. No, was it? Spaceballs. Oh, um, Google what the new... Trick, the, the character Domino in the new Deadpool movie is looks like and then compare her to John Candy in Spaceballs. Oh, she like a fluffy-looking '80s woman? No, it's purely just the, the the one spot on her eye. It's Domino, who's a mutant with like um, it's a it's a white chick with like a black eye patch eye thing, and her power is like she's a mutant. But they they cast a black woman in the role and made, so made the spot white over her eye. Why not? Because why not? And so she looks like John Candy from Spaceballs because of that one spot. Oh, they cast that woman as a yep, that woman. She's hot. Hi, that woman T.J. Miller, <laughs> Zazi Beats. Yeah, now Google uh, um, John Candy Spaceballs. 
you tell me that's not the same person. Like, we have to assume, because it's a Deadpool movie, he's going to make, like, jizz jokes about her eye, right? I can only hope. (laughs) (laughs) Called it. By God, you're right. My God. John Candy's dead? It's the pinnacle of hell. Who was the woman in that movie? In Spaceballs? Yeah. Rick Moranis. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, I don't know. They're not combing the desert. We haven't found shit. Um, woman? I'm assuming there's only one woman in it. Uh, well, the other one's the Joan Rivers. Oh, that's right. God. Uh, Spaceballs. Daphne Zuniga. You can't use that word. That's our word. Zuniga. Said the other white person in the room. Well, Daphne Zuniga has been added to a list of dark hair hot legs. A list of 37 people. Welcome back to dark hair hot legs. Dark hair hot legs in the zoo. It's the dark hair hot legs hour. Starring Greg Kinnear. On this hour, dark legs hot hair. <laughs> Blue Ruin's one of those movies I'm always supposed to watch, haven't yet? It sounds like that's a terrible title for a film. Blue Ruin. Blue Ruin. Blue Ruin. The Love Boat. <laughs> I think that's how that went. Blue Ruin? Blue. Uh, they announced, uh, what's his name? Daniel Krech. Yeah, he's Bond again. Saw that. Um, Marjorie Prime, is she a transformer? Marjorie Prime. I'm Marjorie Prime. Sam, we need your help. Apparently, it's got John Hamm and Gina Davis and Tim Robbins. Gina Davis is a bit of a transformer. Tim Robbins. Good God, he's old. Susan Sarandon oh god they're old Susan Sarandon was in um, thingy the other week Kmart Rick and Morty oh yes she was the Mick and Rorty Rick and Rick Rick and Rick arguably one of the greatest episodes of that show so good those Russians no no what have you been spitballing recently? Uh, I've been building on previously explored ideas, actually. Oh, well, so have I, actually, so that's quite good. Which previously explored idea? Well, you know the one I gave my one the other day? Um, the... Hey, one the other week? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the uh, one that I was talking about with the... Uh... I was actually th- keep thinking about that. I, I really like the idea of the... The... Bearing straight situation. Yeah, the Alaskan, the ice wall thing and the thing that I had. Um, yeah, I think I finally found my backstory to explain the way the world is. All right. But I was going to, it would be something that I would address throughout the novel rather than be at the end like, a, oh my God, this is actually why this all connects. Um, I've just taken it back right to a guy. Like the, the world is obviously consumed by privatized corporations basically running 
yep. government and owning everything, literally everything, and then the economy collapsed at some point to, to some. That's what the shift was, and all the part of the shift. And so the economy collapsed, and so things are stagnated and just are where they are. Yep. When not everything is automated when it should be, so only half of the things are kind of automated, and people are conscripted into police service and different roles like that. Um, and I went right back to the founder of the massive biggest corporation that owned most of America before the fall or the shift Tyrell the Tyrell type but I went back to his tinkering days in the um, uh, uh, he was just a, a guy who worked in a, in a small town in New Mexico and was tink- just a small town girl Mr. Small Town Girl um, was tinkering around with like radios and stuff and pirate frequencies because that's what he enjoyed doing yeah um, was out traveling north of or way down just covered to be Roswell New Mexico comes across the crash site yep which turns out to be some sort of interdimensional thing not really aliens and stuff and so he gets there moments before really the the feds get there to do their normal fed stuff that we assume happened in yep. history um he makes contact with the physical ship or whatever the hell that he touched and i haven't really decided that yet but it wasn't so much the that he managed to create a massive empire an industry based on a government contract that he later built from materials that he technically salvaged from that wreck but no one actually knew that he salvaged that technology or he was able to develop a type of um, metal fabric weave that was versatile and I haven't fully decided how I want to explain that but I have or, yep. or, or you, what its application was that managed to start his massive like empire so that, like the, the key product that made all the money to, to start begin, with yeah Whereas it just turns out, by happenstance, it was just a tinkerer who happened to be in the wrong place at the right time and right. picked something up. And because he was a tinkerer, he was able to develop something without... What he didn't realise was um, that it wasn't so much the, the metal that he... that oh, I, I had the idea that he had like a shard of metal from the shark that, that got caught in his leg, hit him, yeah. managed to get away. And it wasn't actually the, the metal itself that was like, oh my God, this strange new space alien metal thing. But it was the residue on the ship that was picked up from when it passed from A to B in terms of planes of existence. Oh, okay. And that was the material that he developed to be quite insanely brilliant and malleable. And yep. But no one really knew that. Um, he didn't really know that either. He just assumed it was the metal. And then, say, 200 years later, I've kind of developed that the shift was actually caused by um, the the substance that was on this metal that he put out there. Um, stayed in the atmosphere in a radioactive kind of sense oh, yeah. but it spread so far and wide over 200 years because I did want this to be pretty far into the future not far into the future but yep. pretty far advanced that the shift was actually caused by like physical instability of atoms or something that was there was so much of this radioactive mess in the atmosphere that they couldn't yep. really pick up or understand what the hell it was um, that it caused the shift which was actually the uh, what they didn't realize it was doing over time by that stuff spreading more and more and more that it was drawing i don't know some sort of planet or something from a different to basically crash into theirs and then just merge and meld and do some weird timey-wimey spacey-wacy stuff and so that's why no one really truly remembers what completely happened that caused the the shift itself and why things don't seem to be all in the right place and the right no one feels quite right after that and they don't really know why because they didn't really experience it but it just was that's what I've worked towards so far. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, 
I mean, because if you're playing with a substance that was pulled through from somewhere else, like then, to, well, he didn't even know that it was that. Yeah, subs- yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you can really um, go into the idea that sort of um, yeah, the the act of foreign matter being foreign matter from a different dimension being in ours that like it can be definable but not not definable by yeah, our like standards it, it of what literally physics there, and, but it's not following our rules i think the way that i have explained it so far and in the, in the, the parts that i have tried to touch on what it would be and try to explain it in layman's senses is that think of it as it's so indistinguishable to what we would be able to pick up that it's yep. the equivalent of say the connection between two electrons within an atom it simply check colors and say imagine that that connection is normally colored white Yep. it changes it to yellow we don't notice it yeah because we don't look at that frequency we don't look at things that way yeah and then it's spread far and wide across enough things that it created a network of that connection across yeah reality as we knew it on earth and then it got to the to a breaking point yeah and you can always follow kind of a like substances attracted each other yeah pretty much and that's what the shift was and <coughs> caused and the world as it is now is as a result of that and just how it happens that's what the what it was but it's not a massive conspiracy or a massive thing maybe yeah. one character does work all of that out but not through any sort of conventional oh my god we have to do this because it's already happened it's done yeah well it's it's um it's simultaneously a, a Kickstarter event for the universe, but it's actually fundamentally irrelevant to the plot. Yeah. I, I, I don't mind when there's weird stuff like that, like, you know, just a, a, a peripheral event leads to events, but it is not the event in itself. It's like, no, yeah, um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's the, the spark but it's not yeah necessary and, and depending on what you, yeah the storylines that i'm focusing on it doesn't actually they wouldn't exist without this thing having happened but yep knowing that it happened it doesn't change anything it just is but isn't it doesn't explain away any of the things either because mm. you're like well how it doesn't matter yeah but you could think about it and you could expand on a panel as how however you like you've got that freedom to play around with the concept I wanted to keep it vague, but believable, but vague. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there there is no... Without selling the story beyond what the story is about, there's no real way to explain what the hell that was. Mm. Unless you, you do it Watchmen style or something and just randomly background TV reporting, blah, blah, blah. Just but, exposition and, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, but unless you just guide your way to include a character that's either a crackpot scientist or something there's literally no well the closest i've got so far is that he that one of the characters ends up having some kind of discussion but i haven't with the um um create like the original guy's son or grandson yep i was thinking son um and whether or not those are old archives that somebody in the actual present days we know it comes across and then reads through and so it's not really a first-hand account yep of, of a character explaining plot but maybe an interview between a and b something like yeah 
or you just have some point in the proceedings um somebody actually meets that original guy and he's still there mm. yeah maybe he's found some way to sustain himself the technician technology's moved along sufficiently that he could just be like some crazy rich hermit and uh i did one i did actually write one line like that before i started going backwards and started writing his background more and more in his events it was just one singular line saying my name is you know this guy's full name and i need morton bridgeman morton bridgeman the third and i need you to follow me and i'd be like boom end of chapter that's all i had fair enough (laughs) but yeah um i I had very open to the idea that this dude is alive this whole time and like holy shit yeah has been running the world you can give it i'd give it a sort of a mr um oh god sorry what's the uh, guy that runs the tops on new vegas yeah that's what yeah yeah the big computer man thing yeah um the lucky 38 he owns uh, Mr. I'm, I'm deciding, and I'll decide as I go whether or not he's a he's managed to extend the life extension program, downloaded yep. his mind into something else, or because he's aware of what caused the shift because of his overexposure to this substance to more than anyone else in history, because yep. the thing was in, embedded in his bloody leg. Um, that time and space slowly became less and less meaningful to him that he was able to like remove himself from or that he was maybe temporarily for us 200 years shifted out of the reality he just vanished was put on the other plane of existence and then only managed to just come back but he hasn't really aged to him it was three days or something or four years or yeah or or go like um, maybe time moves differently in the other dimension so his exposure to the substances actually effectively encased him in the space time of somewhere else Mm. So yeah, you could be that his cells themselves are actually operating on a different yeah. So the dimensional frequency, the time felt by him is not the same as the time felt by you. Sir. Oh my god! Um, yeah, because I wanted him to have a big nasty shard of metal stick like in his leg that he limped away from this thing with, and he limped for the rest of his days as far as his son knew. But that what he was hiding during that time, and maybe he did grow quite old because he built an empire in the real world. He didn't yeah. vanish suddenly, yeah. or he did eventually vanish, but in his old age. Um, and he continued with that limp the whole time. That to him, what we didn't realize, he pulled the shard out, obviously. But what it left was uh, like an actual physical black hole or portal or something weird within his leg that he was able to continue pulling, like that substance from. Yeah. Without real like knowing kind of what it was, but was able to hide it because it didn't collapse his leg or anything. It was just a weird. I just wanted the idea of somebody with a portal in his leg, and that's why. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> was able to grab goop from and do goopy things there. And that potentially was the mixture of that weird substance with human blood, which is what triggered the actual. to begin with yeah it made it a third kind of substance that was that did what it did yeah but i don't know so many vague different things that he was he tried to but wasn't technically able to work out so no one really knows how it did yeah a b and c it just was there was just so many different variables involved with what the fuck was with you know that he found there's no way that we could reverse engineer to figure out what did what yeah effectively because the substance wasn't from our dimension it responded to different things different ways 
in a way that we could never test it controlled environment yeah that's what I wrote nice yeah space space (laughs) oh god I think my virginity just grew back oh no oh no I was gonna say um, it's gonna hurt I I, I've been I keep no no one cares about your idea podcast over (laughs) no you what you got no, I, I, I keep spending my um, casual break times and shit just um, loosely fleshing out the... Loose fleshing? Loosely. Ah, fleshing out the, the plot to the the movie about the little girl. National Treasure 2? Just loosely fleshing out that plot over and over again? Yeah. Well, well somebody has to do it. I'm going to give that to the President of the United States. God damn it. Face off. There's a movie. Um, yeah. What are you flushing out? Uh, the, the the story of the little girl being taken by the light monster. Oh, yeah. The the thing that we actually want to physically make. Yeah. Yeah. What do you got? So it's, it's just a rough outline of... Um, so I, I want it to be... I want the, the audience to feel this awkward moral thing. Like, I want you to simultaneously feel for the child that's treated like shit and indifference by appearance mm. I also want you to recognize that the child is hard work and these are not just bad people they're also just tired right yeah so you do feel for their situation yeah it's just like you're a, you're still a dirtbag for doing what you did because you're you should know better yeah. yeah they're they're bad people and they had a child for the wrong reasons but they're not you spend enough bad time at, people. you spend enough time in their head that you understand why they did it yeah. So you still feel empathy for them, just Wait, like sympathy. Because I don't want it to be some. I I I don't like like this thing's evil. This person's evil. Yeah. I don't like that. I think it's childish. And that their, that bad mojo brought about brought upon this bad vibe. Bad like you. They had it coming. Yeah. Well, it it simultaneously I want it to feel like their child was taken away because they treated it like shit. But I also want it to simultaneously be also this child is just kind of there's something disturbing about it. So you got this eerie, uh, eerie maybe. But you, you, I want you to be stuck between the idea that whether the child is the cause of it or whether the neglect is the cause of it. Mm. And so I, it plays on two types of different movie tropes against each other, basically. The one where it's like, oh, you adopted the spooky child. Yeah. And the other one where you have like your... Japanese anguish and yeah, mistakes has, has and resulted s- in an evil spirit. Y- your, your sin has resulted in um, an unstoppable outcome. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I like that. But I don't know how, how am I as an adult supposed to relate to you know childhood trauma? I don't get it. Um, I'm kidding, obviously, because we're all built from childhood. Yeah, trauma. Well, it's, it's less about trauma; it's more just. Um, the, the kid is simultaneously difficult and lovable. Almost makes the audience question whether or not they should feel bad for hating the kid if they are wondering if that kid's evil, so they should root, be rooting against it. Yeah, well, it, it's it's the aim is just to constantly have interplay of different feelings and emotions to the point where you... If we can end the film with half the audience thinking, nah, fuck that kid, I would have done the same thing. Fuck that kid, because that kid was fucking weird. 
and the other half going, no, fuck those parents. They treated that kid like shit. Yeah, yeah. and you, you just have this awkward ambivalence throughout the entire... Ideally, we'll destroy marriages over it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, um, like, yeah, I mean, they, they, they realistically probably only have a kid because they just thought we've got these careers and this house and this is the thing we need to do to complete the set. Mm. Um, which is why I've, I've centered the plot around the um, them having a house party, um, basically just to impress the guy's boss, because he's he's on the verge of a um, promotion at the start of the film. And is it that where they realise that they're trying to talk about their successes and their careers and their amazing house and all the all the people that they've invited can or that they're trying to impress seem to be wanting to talk about our children. And yeah. they're like, oh shit, we're missing that link. We can't connect with these people we want to impress and and become better alongside because they're one step ahead of us. They got the child and, and they're doing better than us. So now the, we need a the, child. The, to me, it was more the. Because um, that's the only reason anyone should have a child is to compete with their friends, right? It's true. It's mm. true. Um, they it's, it's more like now that they have the child, they they can be the family therefore they can qualify for the proper shit right so like the the start of the movie is is, is for me um the so they just want those working for families benefits yeah yeah okay cool yeah exactly <laughs> um those sweet sweet tax breaks whoop, whoop. Ooh, boy it almost sounded like you were making the boop yeah. i wasn't I'm glad you thought so highly of me briefly for this one moment. Shut no, up. Perhaps. Shut up, yeah. Okay, as you were. Um, is a crash teacher taking care of the kid and, and like the, you know, they finish up for the day, the kids go home with their parents and then like more parents come, more kids disappear until it's just her left. And then you get to sort of, you know, it starts to get darker and darker. And, and it kind of a, like a soft montage type situation. Oh yeah. Get to the point where the daughter's left there completely on her own um, with the lady, and then you know because parents are shitty and have their own lives and don't really care enough. Yeah, well, we cannot relate. And then yeah, you sort of see from the teacher that this is pretty much par for the course. This is what they're what her parents are always like. Hmm. Hmm. Um, send a text that's alright so you've been flashing out the story you've been flashing out any of the designs what you want this creature to look bit. like or I really want or to ideas on how you'd physically them. practically make some of the effects I know what its head looks like it's kind of a um, is it shaped like an egg nah it's, it's, uh, what's a good way to describe so it's it, it, I've always wanted it to simultaneously look horrific but seem benign right and I always thought the best way to do that is the fact that it's may it's bright mm. so it'll be scary looking mm. but it's you know it's, it's made of light so it's never going to look quite right in terms of you know scary grayish pinkish thing in Gaulish the dark with texture to it and that yeah versus gnashing teeth and that kind of thing yeah Versus this, I mean, my imagination was kind of a, a long mouth was kind of stretched, 
um, concave cheeks a mouth that kind of rises up to also where its nose should be and kind of comes in like a nose cavity as well right yeah um sunken sort of eye hole things but not really eyes it'll just have two more exposed brighter lights where its eyes should be Mm. um it was tall so my vision for it would be to prop it on somebody's shoulders and build the upper chest in front of the face of the wearer Mm. so it actually um almost kind of extends neck and shoulder wise sort of a third at least as far again from the length of the person's torso and um it's kind of simultaneously tall and hunched over um kind of you know sort of borderline skeletal at the hips Mm. Uh, so quite seemingly heavy set and wide shouldered or thin and so curled over like something that's curling over or, or yeah, like sort of cur- kind of taking up space when it hunches um, over you think like hairless harry potter um go on werewolf yeah like that yeah okay how they're kind of skinny and long yeah at the hips and the and, yeah. the, and the legs and then but, the, but then imagine something that's um, out at what the is, shoulder blades what, trapped Deltoid, deltoids, deltoids, traps. The, those are the traps at the top, yeah. Traps, Deadly. yeah, yep. yeah. The, so the for those that don't know, if, and even if we and if we're wrong, um, the muscles that sit on top of your shoulders that kind of go draw an angled angled triangle line up from your shoulder to your neck. So in my head, I kind of have those almost reaching full neck height, mm. but the neck itself is extended long, and it's got kind of like back muscles going up. It's so you end up with like a really long sinewy thing and um, I imagine kind of almost like warts on its back but that are bubblish. Like there's been light melt, like burning the skin, like hot lamps on, on well, it, it, that kind of... Because I actually wanted to put lights inside them. Yeah, yeah. So what um, you'd end up looking like is, I mean, nothing that simplistic, but it basically looked like it had a shitload of light bulbs all over its back. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, kind of... That's cool. Gross and like they've swelled or whatever there. Um, and so it, it white skin mm. and like a a kind of a, um, a tougher layer underneath and then a wafy layer over top. Mm. And in between that um, kind of a bony, bony, bony layer with um, hidden LED lamps. So you get kind of a glowing skeleton that sort of breathes through a skin that you can see. Yeah. Yeah. And the, I like uh, it. Yeah. And so... I'm very aroused. Yeah. The the aim would be to have something that simultaneously feels there and never quite there at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to look into using like old school techniques like double exposure and shit. Yeah. Yeah. So you actually... You know, filming the scene and then just pasting the replacement thing in the scene and um rotoscoping yeah and fading you know like say a portion of it's you know maybe at some point in the movie it's basically just some walking feet or like some it is just clothing. the lights or something without the shape around yeah, it or, yeah so yeah. you like experiment with the opacity of it and shit like that and how much of it is actually bleeding through mm. 
but initially um i had it just that the the kids she she's playing with something in the hallway on her own while her mum's putting shit together for the party and um the kid the kids yeah whatever she's playing with she hurts herself mm. and she's crying and sort of freaking out a bit and uh yeah again it's slightly annoying but also you do feel for her because she's a little kid that's hurt herself and yep. so it has to be an overtly cute kid um but i also wanted to have a kid that just has big ass thick glasses on that make her eyes look too big yeah so you want something that's kind of like you don't want to look at this kid and go holy shit that is a poster child for like murder child white opulence oh right yeah yeah you you want it to be the child that they sort of wanted but also one that's not the poster child they wanted one that's got the issues with the the, the small medical issues yeah, they'll yeah. make it very photogenic initially because it's going through an ugly duck face yeah, or something like, initially like, and probably get to late problems. teens and she'll be a knockout but yeah. but at this point in her life yeah she's kind of she's kind of need braces she's going to need glasses yeah. she's got asthma she but, might, might need some special shoes <laughs> she's got club feet just one giant club foot. Club foot. Stop playing footsie with me. Oh, I God, like I have no... Okay, that's your foot. It's the same color as the ground. It just didn't look like there was a foot there. I mean... Oh, yeah. I, I, I am a ghost. Is that, is that a, are you insulting my race? <laughs> that I, I look like blonded flooring? <laughs> well, yeah. You have very, very white feet. I mean, yeah. Huh. Um, Your feet smell like pine wood. The derby. Derby. The derby. But yeah, um, I imagine oh, the the child crying, and the more she cries, the more just uh, like a glowing sort of ring of light start moving in the air just above her, like kind of. Because I, I always imagine using this house, so it'd be like kind of a. Yeah, you know, a meter and a bit above the kid. Mm. Like the the more she cries, the more sort of more vibrant and in the world they become. Yeah, yeah. And I honestly think we just fucking make like light rigs and just spin them on the spot from a wire, and then just erase everything we don't want, basically. Yeah. May as well. Tone them down to the point where they're just lights. Um, and the. The mum actually comes and saves the kid, and it's because the the simultaneously the growth of whatever alien monster situation going on mm. um, is also the first sort of proper um, hell beast. As as the proper first point where they actually start paying attention to their kid and caring about it because something weird is happening in the. Yeah. The, it's the first time either of them sort of connect with the child yeah connect visually see value in them yeah yeah so like the the mum's like picking the child up and hugging her and the pair of them are confused by what's going on and then the the lights just kind of leave the situation and just fly in like single file down the hallway until they get yeah and so the mum follows it and they watch it and it just kind of flows down towards the front door and then just as they sort of get to that so it's the idea is you, it's foreshadowing of the part where the kid leaves with the monster. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they sort of get to the front door and fade. But the the um, I like, but I don't want to ape too badly the whole uh, poltergeist thing, mm. where initially the mum and the child 
play with them play with it and it's it's entertaining and it doesn't seem to be outwardly dangerous no that's not a good thing that's not normal yeah playing with them it's like no like i i expect the kid to play with it yeah yeah um that's right actually the first occurrence is the kids put to bed um you know basically parents just put the kid to bed so they can have their own fun without her Mm. and um just like the kid goes to sleep and then it cuts to the parents giggling and hanky pankying and oh my. cuts back to the kid it's sort of the, the end of that night's worth of scenes you stop playing with that microphone I'm just trying to hold it comfortably yeah. there is no way to hold that no microphone. I know <laughs> we need to get arms um yeah, the, yeah, the, the microphone microphone arms not real arms um jackass the end of the night just shows like the little girl semi asleep but with a smile on her face and just like a, a kind of tinge of blue glow appearing on her right um but yeah the 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 party has to involve the daughter trying to um daughter being afraid or whatever of the lights mm-hmm. bursting into the party and trying to um trying to you know explain it to the mum in a way that frustrates and makes the mum uncomfortable and embarrasses them yep yep yeah but in in my mind it's like the, it's a subtle embarrassment but it's enough to sort of shake their social groups opinions of them mm-hmm. and then i wanted to cut and they come um, across as weird anti-vaxxers to the, to the yeah. people in their group or something because yeah, they're spouting some nonsense that, that's what this is it's an allegory <laughs> for vaccination <laughs> um and then i wanted to have it that the daughter's put back to bed and this is the first instance of the daughter seemingly teleporting from a to b right yeah um daughter's put back to bed potentially even have some I don't know some separate party do it or something but probably just the mother the meat orgy starts the little girl's put back to bed mm-hmm. um, and then next time they see her outside the party at the edge of the section the little girl's just like standing staring out into the distance mm. um, and they yeah, sort of you know slight murmuring and the parents notice because the parents don't notice anything and then they see her and they freak out understandably and run out there and grab her and she's shaking and she's I don't know maybe peed herself or something something weird maybe have her look like that she's been cold and wet and like almost like she seems like she's been out there longer than she really has maybe to her she has been out there much like yeah wait I don't know how old and therefore sentient this child's supposed to be right, in my head right, yet. Right, right, I'm not hundred percent. Right, right. Um I'm also prenatal. I don't know how we do that. Woof. Wait, um In utero. Just, just get the mother to like put her stomach in the right place for all the scenes and then we remove the mum and post <laughs> We digitally erase the mother, leaving only the child behind. <laughs> That'd be a great skit. <laughs> but we have perfectly good three-year-old. Act. No, younger. <laughs> I need younger. 
Oh. Yeah, sorry. I need more stem cells than kid in this child, in this actor. Newborns don't look like newborns on film. <laughs> I need an unborn child. Uh, God. Um, <laughs> maybe even play with like the um, lighting levels and stuff, like the actual ambient lights of the house kind of surge around when the kids doing weird stuff. Mm. Again, I, it's it's supposed to vaguely imply, but in my mind that's never been the case as the little girl has nothing to do with it this is just happening to them and it's it's not it's meant to be both simultaneously and not referential of the way the little girl's treated maybe that, that scene where the girl is just happens to be outside and the party goers notice her and then eventually the, the parents obviously notice her you do you think that could be done by like the lights in the room where the party's happening just kind of dipping and lowering enough to the point where people go, huh, what? oh, the lights. And then they then they notice because the lights are now low enough. Yeah, well... And they notice that the girl's outside and seems to have been this whole time. That's what I was thinking. Maybe, like, the lights surge a bit and then really dim. And then maybe even um, uh, light the little girl in, like, from the front in the, in the blue light mm. and shine it back towards the house. Yeah, yeah. So that they suddenly get, like, a blast of little girl with ethereal lightness going on mm. and then that um, would lead to the parents sort of freaking out and the party ends prematurely and everything's kind of on a bad foot I can imagine having like the like that blue light obviously coming through the window Yeah, but we've, we set up the shot in such a way that um, maybe there's a reflection of something in a similar tone and a similar shape to what that girl's actually making inside the house like a light lit up tree or wall thing or something some sort that we've set it up and so when the lights dip inside or, or shut off the, the same blue shape that people are comfortable looking at because they assumed it's just a reflection of what's inside yeah. predicted onto the window that stays there when all the other lights disappear and they realize oh wait that shape most of that shape that we've been looking at against that window is actually the girls glowing outside fuck that way it rests on the audience to not even notice it either yeah that'd be cool well, that'd be interesting to try I wonder how effectively we could pull something yeah. like that off it just depends how thick the glass is to make it look like you can clearly obviously see the reflection of the things in the room against the glass but yeah. Yeah, as soon as you remove it it's like boom wow that's been here this whole time yeah mm. now I'm just thinking of they're inside the house they have been this whole time This, uh, is, this uh, is great podcasting, Logan. Sorry, no, no, it's great. He's, he's thinking, guys. This is this is you're witnessing history in the making by hearing nothing. Um, uh, uh, um, have you seen? I realise how much I'm I'm actually writing a movie by quoting parts of other movies. Um, Show me a movie that doesn't do that. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I watched a. Um, I mean, you you you're quite rightly taking the piss out of him the one video I showed you but the that nerd writer guy yeah he um it was the he's like saying it was like the anatomy of a scene for the dragon um attacks the convoy scene in Game of Thrones yeah yeah just him pointing out that every single shot of that is lifted from other pre-existing movies Mm. and it actually I think quite changed my perspective on the way to do things because I'm very 
if it's been done before why do it yeah 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 when I think it's hard not to have a visual reference point when that's your yeah. medium anyway so as long as it's not like glaringly obvious that that's come from this that you are yeah especially since um, drawing inspiration as opposed to ripping off there's a difference there's a fine line I my my memory for shots in movies is quite um, photographic mm. it's, it can be hard not to just recreate things you've already seen before but um the the idea of things being iterative is actually quite freeing in my mind because yeah previously i was always like the second you do anything that's based on anything that anyone else did you're not being original you're not doing your own thing you're being mm. derivative but yeah maybe as long as you're not going for abrams and no pointing out all the things that these are the things that you recognize be comfortable with what i'm doing with this enjoy um yeah that's obviously too far but yeah, yeah. And I think he ruins that concept of it, that being an actual form of storytelling. That you can't make an audience connect to something that you've made without them either seeing themselves in it or seeing something that they've seen before. Yeah, familiarity That's breeds why love. My yeah. favorite, because yeah, everything's like, um, was it? The... Like you look at like remember when Guardians of the Galaxy first came out? People loved it because it was like, oh my god, no one's seen a space movie like this before. It's all bright and colorful. That, that's because that that brightness that color that way that things were made has been done before yeah. but we haven't seen it in such a long a time while. or like that into such a high standard yeah before yeah so um super eight yeah jj abrams doesn't make movies he makes movies that remind you of movies you've already seen yeah that's a spielberg movie yep and not a good spielberg movie I like Super 8. Yeah, it could have been. I, I, Super 8 is not the movie I wanted it to be in. It's not the movie that the trailers made me start building in my own head. It seemed more like a Stephen King movie than a, than a Spielberg kind of thing in the trailers. Like a, a group of kids yeah. discovering something they should have. little boys to die. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, by the way, I don't know if it's available online. You should look for it. But the, the before the Annabelle movie. Down by me? No, there's a, like a four minute scene from it. Oh. that they played with like Stephen King introducing it and he's weird looking as fuck but there is a man dude... that lives on my road to work that looks like Stephen it's King just they had the shot of of like Stephen King right this close quite close to the camera talking and I don't know just how thick his glasses are or how old he is it doesn't look like he can see like oh. when he's looking and addressing the camera it looks like he's looking through the camera in a really like blank kind of way but obviously it's Stephen King so his nostrils become the focal point because his his nose is like like that so you just see straight up bullseye right through his eye his nostril straight holes right to the back up. of his head Fuck. um but holy shit this dude is playing pennywise nailed it, it looks fucking terrifying if we can it try looks to find terrifying the... but the my only issue with that was um the the tim curry version it was so good it's but it's just a guy in a clown suit yep if you it's scary because yeah. you look at it for too long and it's it ceases to mean what you think it should mean that's what they managed to do in this too in this scene it's the him talking yeah. to, to to um georgie when he, the boat yeah and then the sewer if you watch it it's like there are moments where you're like clearly watching a clown being but it's sinister it's just got this weird sinister undertone to it where his face starts looking really gross and quite weird by the uh. longer you watch it you're like oh but he's still putting on the clown act and it's yeah yeah shit if, All right, if you can try to find it now and watch it I, I recommend it but um, we, we'll, we'll do it after the podcast yeah we'll do it after the podcast 
The um, I have high hopes for it now after seeing that. I didn't think it would be as good. Yeah, I I have weirdly high hopes for it too, and I'm not entirely sure why. Um, but I back to um, you've seen Lovely Molly, eh? Uh-huh. It's one of my favorite horror movies, and well, I then think probably because criminally underheard of. Who uh, is two. A, a sister and her, um, I think her newly husband, but she's got like mad depression or something, mm. um, trying to have a honeymoon. Right. I think her sister turns up at one point. I don't think I've seen that. They're in their family home. Yeah. Like some shitty country home. It's very ad-libbed dialogue. Mm. Very just um, atmospheric. But they're, they're talking about their weird like loosely talking around the sort of weird beliefs and and discipline and stuff of their father right yeah but um the movie ends with her she just like she goes full retard basically i think she kills the other two characters strips naked and walks outside and outside is her father right which is this horrifically tall lean man thing Mm with a um buck's head and antlers yeah and it's just too big and it's not quite right yeah but it's also um never clear enough like it's it's shown very starkly for a long enough time to scare the shit out of you but it's 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 simultaneously you don't see that much yeah yeah then they basically just hold hands and walk into the night and that's the end of it mm. but it's, it's one of those um it's just like strangers right yeah yeah yeah. but but more artsy than strangers yeah. it's like uh, just the quiet eerie everyone's always inside in a house that's realistically probably too dark mm. always feels isolated in the middle of somewhere like at any moment something could slap a window yeah dialogue's always tense it's just one of those really You're just yeah. waiting for something to you, it, yeah that's what horror movies are it's just edging yeah basically <laughs> um but at the same time i do remember watching it back and sometimes the dialogue the way it's delivered can be really jarring but mm. at the same time i still love that movie mm. yeah what's it called lovely molly lovely molly okay best jj abrams movie hands down cloverfield oh yeah for sure like it it was his homage to um godzilla and it is nothing like a Godzilla movie. Yeah, because he tied it with what he thought was what the industry loved at that time, which was found camera. Yep. And he did the best thing any Godzilla movie could do, and fuck you anyone that's a fan of Godzilla. Not show it. Don't show it. Godzilla is not a character. Godzilla should never be shown to fight anything. Godzilla is a scary thing in the background you're running away from. Godzilla movies should be survival stories about triumph of characters. Yeah. It's too big for you to com- comprehend. Yes. In the environment that it appears in, which is your environment, you just need to you just know that it's sixty feet tall, so you just need to get away from it. Yes. Godzilla is an old god of a past era of things from a different time that makes no sense to you. Just get out of its way. Mm. Alright. Hopefully we have characters that build upon that in a sequel of some kind where it says we don't shouldn't even be watching these people think what fight. They're beyond us and they're beyond what we understand. You people are just fools. Stop going and hear it. And no one listens to that man, obviously, because that's not what American storylines do. Yeah. Like the Godzilla gets a bloody uh Navy escort for some reason. Yeah. 
if you if you're just trying to pull like info from it while shit happens, fine. But uh, yeah, hopefully they do something. They, they give it a little bit of a yeah. I like don't escort it from A to B. They they too much try to just make a modern American old Japanese Godzilla movie. Basically, I I, I do like the fact that it's better than the shitty first American Roland Emmerich one, where it's like this is just a giant lizard doesn't know any better, just wants to breed. It's like no, it's a fucking god. It knows what it's doing. It yeah. knows what you are. It's here to serve a purpose, a singular purpose. Yeah, well, the you fucking the the German the modern cunt. Godzilla is. This is a thing that we're no better than ants to, or or at worst, like mosquitoes to people. Something mm. that can annoy you, maybe can hurt you if you really fall asleep on yeah. them at the wheel, <laughs> but ultimately. Or, or that's rude to people in countries that get killed by mosquitoes. Ah, this has been weird shit. Yep, signing off. Malaria week. Uh, flossy, flossy. Mm-hmm.